0: All right, well, God, we pray that you be with us this morning. God, take my words and make them yours, and God, we just pray that you increase our faith together as a community here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, hello to all of you here, and hello to those of you that might be watching on the podcast. My name's Annie Duncan, and it is a privilege to be here with you on this holiday weekend. And I'm just going to jump into it and get started. So a couple of years ago, actually many years ago, when I was in seminary, I interned at a church on Capitol Hill. And they let me preach there from time to time, which was really nice of them. It gave me extra practice. And one summer when I was interning there, I was also studying for an ordination exam. And the Sunday before I took this exam, I was slotted to preach on faith, and I had a lot of, like, test-induced anxiety about going into this test. I was thinking, like, what if I don't pass? Like, what will that say about me and my call to ministry? And so the Sunday before I took, the, took this exam, I was slotted to preach on faith at this church. And I preached something like this to the congregation. I said something like, in a few days, I'm going to take one of my last ordination exams. And I am as prepared as I can be for this exam. I have studied hours on end. I have memorized flashcards. Plus, I believe that God's called me to ministry. And a lot of you here have affirmed and confirmed that call. So what do you all think? Don't you think that because of all my hard work, because of all my studying, and because God's called me to ministry, don't you think that I can put my faith in God knowing that he's going to help me pass the exam? And everybody in the congregation responded enthusiastically, and they said, yes. And so I responded, and I said, okay, I can put my faith in God. He's going to help me pass this test. And they all said, yes, and they cheered. And, oh, I had them right where I wanted them. Because then I threw this at them. I said, okay, what if I don't pass the exam? No one said a word. And we'll get back to that story in a second. But we are in week two of a sermon series called, But What Does It Mean? Looking at the things that we say we believe as Christians and digging a little bit deeper and saying, okay, yeah, but what does it mean? And today we're looking at faith. So faith, but what does it mean? And to answer that question, we're going to look at four different aspects of faith. And we're going to start first with describing what faith is not. Now, in regards to the story I just told you, I've learned a lot in my years of ministry since then. And one of the things I've learned is to not bait the congregation like I did and throw them under the bus. So I will not do that to you this morning. But it brings up a very important aspect of faith. If you're like me, you grew up thinking that the opposite of faith is doubt. And so you should never doubt God. But that is not true. The opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is certainty. And that's the first point that we're going to look at today. The opposite of faith isn't doubt, it's certainty. Now, as you let that statement sink in, some of you might say, hey, but there are things in my faith that I am certain of, and I totally agree with you. And hang with me for a moment, because we'll get to that. Faith is a good thing. Certainty is a good thing. But they are not the same thing. They are separate. Faith is an equivalent to certainty they're actually on opposing spectrums, like this. Because I'm certain, I am certain, that if I drop this pen, it will fall to the ground, right? Y'all think it'll fall to the ground? Yeah, it fell to the ground. It took no faith in that pen for me to believe that it would fall to the ground. Because faith, faith comes before certainty. Faith is believing in something with no guarantee of what the outcome will be. Like having faith that I'll pass an exam. I wasn't sure if I would pass it or not. I couldn't be certain. But I had faith and I hoped that I would pass. And I did pass, by the way. (coughs) Thank you. Thank you. Feels good. (laughs) So on this spectrum that we're going to be looking at at various points this morning, faith is way over on one side and certainty is way over on the other side. And when you think about it like that on opposing spectrums, it places doubts More on the side of faith than on certainty. Which means doubts, doubts actually can be a part of our faith. A way that we work our faith out. And here's just a quick side note on doubt. If you've ever had questions or doubts about God, I want you to know two things. And the first is this. You are not alone. You are not alone in your doubt. Sometimes you might feel alone. And when you do, I encourage you to talk to somebody about it. Talk to a friend, talk to a mentor, talk to a pastor, talk to God. God can handle your questions. He can handle your doubt. And whenever I have been brave enough to go to somebody and talk about my questions and my doubts, I realize that it's keeping quiet that makes me feel so alone. And when I talk to somebody about it, I feel a little bit better because I realize I'm not alone. They have questions too. Their questions might be a little bit different than mine, but just knowing that I'm not alone in questioning and doubts really, really helps. So if you have doubts, you are not alone. And second, doubts are actually a part of our faith. They're the part that push us towards finding certainty because they initiate conversation about God and with God about the things that we're questioning. So if you remember anything from this sermon, remember this. Doubts are not bad. Doubts actually are a part of our faith. Having questions isn't a bad thing. It's a natural thing, and it's it's inevitable. We're always going to have questions throughout our life. In the passage we just read in Hebrews, those two verses intro an entire chapter of faith. Some call it the hall of faith. And it says this, "Now Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, not certainty, By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And in the scripture that follows, verse by verse, the chapter names those who were credited with faith. By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham moved and left his home for another. By faith, Moses left Egypt. By faith, the people passed on dry land through the Red Sea. It doesn't say with certainty Noah built an ark because none of those people acted with certainty, but they all walked in faith. And getting a sense of what we're called to do, like build an ark or, or move to another land, and taking a first step towards that is what it means to have our faith put into action. Faith embraces uncertainty, but it moves anyway. Jean Beaudry was a member of this community for a long time, and last week she passed away at 98 years old. And she will be missed, but not forgotten. And one of the things that she's known for is all of the banners that she made. And one of my favorite banners is hanging in this room, right here, the head of Jesus. And she made that. That's one of the things that she's known for, but that is not all that she is known for. Jean was known for her incredible faith in action. Not her certainty, but her joyous faith that she lived day in and day out. And it's living like Jean with this faith in action, where faith reveals something that was previously unseen and makes it real. I mean, come on, can you imagine how relieved Noah must have been when it started raining? Whew! So glad that it's raining. You know, who can say that except Noah? (laughs) The unseen, the flood that God had warned him about was becoming real. So the opposite of faith is certainty. And when faith reveals the unseen and unknown to us, faith gives way to certainty. When we walk in faith and we see where those steps are going to take us, often it involves a lot of those aha moments like, Oh, there you are, God. I knew you were with me. So walking out our faith is what leads us to those things that we can put our stake in, the things that we can say, I am certain of this right here. Take Peter, for example. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples, and he understood the law of gravity. He knew, just like I took my pen and dropped it, he knew that if he took a stick and dropped it, it would fall to the ground. And he also knew that if he was going to go fishing, he needed to take a boat to float in because people do not walk on water. Until, until he sees Jesus walk towards him. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. For Peter, faith revealed what was previously unseen, people walking on water, and made it real. So he jumps out of the boat and goes for it. And never mind that in the next verse he starts to sink. That's beside the point. Faith is what got him out of the boat. Because faith revealed something to him that he had never seen before. Now have you ever had a moment like this? A moment where God wasn't real and then something happens and God becomes more real than he's ever been before? I had a moment like that when I was about 10 years old where God became real realer than he's ever been before I was around 10 and I asked my grandpa Harvey the following question I said grandpa what do you do when you have doubts and I asked my grandpa this question because I really respected his faith he just seemed like he never wavered and what he believed and how he talked about God so I asked him grandpa what do you do when you have doubts and I'll never forget his response he didn't say anything like, oh, you shouldn't have doubts, Annie. He actually normalized it and said, oh yeah, I have doubts all the time. And he said, you know what, this is what I do when I have doubts, I remember this story, Annie. And he told me the following story. My grandpa and grandma had been traveling the U.S. as local missionaries in their RV. Their organization that they were with was called Sowers, Servants on Wheels Ever Ready pretty awesome. Doesn't it make you want to go and buy an RV and travel the world? <laughs> Just me. Okay. <laughs> and one Sunday they found themselves at this church in the middle of nowhere and they were worshiping there and the pastor introduced them as US missionaries. And then after the service was over, he asked my grandpa, my grandpa Harvey if he would pray for a woman that had recently become a Christian. And so my grandpa said, of course. And as he walked over to this young woman, he had his Bible with him, and he prayed that God would give him a scripture to read to this woman that would be meaningful to her. And as he opened his Bible, there on the very last page that was blank was a scripture reference penned in the upper right corner. And so he turned to that passage, and he read that passage of scripture to this young woman, and it was very meaningful to her, and he prayed with her. And then later on that night, my grandma asked my grandpa how that went, like how it went praying with that young woman. And my grandpa said, oh, Nellie, because that was my grandma's name. He said, oh, Nellie, it was so great. God provided me with the most amazing scripture and he opened his Bible to show her where it was and it wasn't there. There was nothing. My grandpa searched his Bible and he looked for that reference and it was nowhere to be found. And he's telling 10-year-old Annie this, and my eyes get wide. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, a miracle happened to my grandpa. I had read about miracles in my Bible, but here I was coming face-to-face with somebody that God had done a miracle in his life. And my grandpa said to me, whenever I have doubts, I remember that story because I can't explain that thing without explaining. It, without pointing to God and saying, I am certain that God put that scripture in my Bible for me for that day. And he said, Annie, whenever I have doubts, I remember that. And until God gives you a story like mine, you can borrow that story. <laughs> Stories of faith point to our certainty that God is realer than real can get. So the opposite of faith isn't doubt, it's certainty. And when we move in faith, faith gives way to certainty. And third, faith isn't momentary, it's ongoing. We've all heard the words, I've lost my faith. Maybe some of us here have said those words. Maybe some of us here, that is our story right now. And that's okay, because faith isn't a one-and-done kind of deal. We don't get to fill up on faith and are set for life, but faith is ongoing. When we feel like we've lost our faith or lost what we once had, it means that we start questioning what we once believed. So on our handy-dandy spectrum, it looks something like this. What we were certain of, we then start questioning. We, we might make comments like, I don't even know what I believe anymore. Or comments like, I don't even think I believe in God. And that is okay because it takes faith to believe. Our questions aren't in contradiction to our faith, but they're a complement to it. And faith is ongoing, and we are going to go back and forth between the things that we're certain of and the things that we question, which is going to look something like this. (laughs) Which, to be honest, is a hot mess. (laughs) But this is the reality of our faith, an endless back and forth cycle between the things that we're certain of and the things that we have to put our faith in. And we're going to go through seasons that look a lot like that, where we feel like our faith is questioned. Seasons where our faith wasn't what it once was. Seasons where our faith isn't grounded and our faith gets tested. So what do we do when we find ourselves in those seasons? God, increase my faith. We see the disciples say this to Jesus in Luke seventeen five. They say, increase our faith. This is Luke 17. This is towards the end of the gospel. And the disciples have been hanging out with Jesus the whole time. They have seen so much. They've seen miracle after miracle. They've come face to face with the Son of God. And still, they are asking for more faith. We serve a God that is always willing to give us more faith. So wherever you find yourself today, maybe somebody that says, I've lost my faith, or somebody that's saying, I just want more faith, Here are three ways that we can go about increasing our faith, and they all have to do with relationship. And the first is this. We tell stories and we listen to stories. Stories like the one that my grandpa shared with me. Stories like the ones that I have now where God's presence is with me and God is real. Or stories that start with things like, I think God might be saying this to me. Or stories that start with, Oh my gosh, you are never going to believe what God did today. Stories are testimonies that we carry with us and inspire our faith and inspire others' faith. Second way we can increase our faith is we can simply pray that prayer. God, increase my faith. When we are defeated and discouraged, that is the perfect time to go and pray to God, increase my faith. And say, God, help my unbelief. I am beat up right now. Increase my faith in you. And third, we can increase our faith by surrounding ourselves with those that have more faith than us. If you are not surrounded by those who are full of faith, you don't even know that you can ask for more. Because you don't know that there is more. So if you're not inspired to ask God for more faith, you need to start hanging around different people. And that's okay. I've always been inspired by our youth here at Bell Press. They inspire me to go to God and say, God, increase my faith to be like theirs because they get it. This is probably why Jesus said to have faith like a child. Seven years ago, I went to Sierra Leone with a group of students that were going to go into their senior year of high school. And we spent time in prayer and training before we left for Africa. And during one of our trainings, my co-leader taught us how to pray for healing for those that we might encounter in Africa. And then he asked our group this question. He said, what would you do if you knew that the hundredth person that you'd pray for would get healed? And I remember my own internal response to that question. I was like, man, that's a lot of people to pray for before one gets healed. Of course, I didn't say that out loud. But when he asked that question, what would you do if you knew that the hundredth person you'd pray for would get healed, a student immediately said, well, I'd start praying. And that's exactly what he did. He started with our group, our training group right there. He said, does anybody have pain in their body? And when one person said, yeah, my back hurts, he prayed for them. And when nothing happened, he said, well, 99 to go. (laughs) And all over Africa, he prayed with such faith, knowing that the healing was not going to come from him, but it was going to come from God. And when nothing happened, He was not defeated or discouraged. He simply said, whatever number he was at, well, 89 more to go. That is faith on a journey. That is knowing that faith isn't instantaneous, but it's ongoing. So who in your life do you see that inspires you to pray that prayer, God, increase my faith? And if you don't have anybody, I suggest that you hang out with our youth. Our youth here at Bell Press, our youth at Eastside Academy, because they give us a glimpse of what it means to have these questions and to walk and move in faith. So the opposite of faith isn't doubt, it's certainty. When we move in faith, faith gives way to certainty. Faith isn't momentary, it's ongoing. And fourth and finally, sometimes faith is what you end up with when you have no other option. What we think faith looks like isn't actually what it looks like on a day-to-day basis. Sometimes it's not the picture-perfect, pretty faith. Sometimes activating faith is just what you do because you have no other options. And we see an example of this in Hebrews 11.23 when we hear Moses' parents credited with faith. It says, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. So Hebrews paints this pretty picture of faith But Moses' parents would have told a completely different story. A story that wasn't so much pretty as it was an act of utter desperation. And if they were asked the question, what was it like to live with such faith? They probably would have been confused and said something like, Faith, don't you know what was going on? We hid our son so he wouldn't be murdered. And then we sent him down a river in a basket. A basket. Do you even know what it was like to get to a point where we had to let our son go like that? So you can paint all the pictures that you want, but this was the hardest thing we ever did. We weren't even sure that he would live. So don't question us about faith. Faith? That's not faith. That's just doing what we had to do because we ran out of every other option. There's a couple in this church that have been members here a long time. But many years ago, they lived in Dallas. And the husband lost his job, and shortly after, he had received two job offers. One was in Oklahoma, and the other was in Seattle. Now, their family lived in Georgia, and so when, they, when the wife got news of this, she was completely distraught because she thought that living in Dallas was far enough away from her family. But Oklahoma, Seattle, that was going to take her even farther away from her family. And so she spent the night not able to sleep and crying she could find no peace with these job offers. And during this transition, friends would often ask them, well, have you made up your mind yet? Are you going to Oklahoma or are you going to Seattle? And one day, after being asked this question, the wife found herself responding by telling them all about Seattle, all about the things that they could do there, about what it looked like, what it would be like to live there. And after explaining all of this, she knew in her heart that God was calling her and her husband to move to Seattle. So as soon as she got to work, she got on the phone, she called her husband up and said, We're moving to Seattle! Now, that's pretty incredible. She went from not being able to sleep at night about the idea of this move to then feeling complete peace and even excitement about moving cross-country so many miles away from her family in Georgia. And then when they got here, Her and her husband were driving along the 520 bridge and she looked around and she said to him, I am never leaving this place. And they haven't. They've been here for many, many years and they have not left. Sometimes we are credited with faith even when to us it doesn't look like faith. It's just doing what we have to do. In Hebrews 11, we hear about God calling people, calling them to move, calling them to do a particular thing, calling them to walk in faith. And in all the stories that I've shared today, and in all of the stories that you have in your particular lives, we see God still doing the same thing, still calling people, still calling us to move, still calling us to do a particular thing, and calling us to live with faith. Not certainty, but faith. Jesus says to have faith, faith as small as a mustard seed, and we can move mountains, and the impossible will be nothing to us. That's what God calls us to have is faith, small mustard seed faith, because he knows that when we start there, we will then be certain in the things that he's doing in our lives. So as we continue to be a people that move in faith, let's encourage one another to ask questions and move through those doubts, because it's okay. It's just evidence of us working out our faith. And let's continue to tell stories of how God is moving, because we know that those are the stories that help us grow in our faith and make our faith come alive. And let's remember that faith isn't momentary, it's ongoing. And let's know that faith is sometimes what we're left with when we have no other options. So I'm going to close with reading our scripture again, but this time in the message version, so hear it with fresh ears. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our own handle on what we can't see. So God, we, we thank you that you call us to have faith. So help us to put our faith in you. Help us with our unbelief. Be with us in the midst of our questions and our doubts. God, we thank you that you are a good father, one that calls us to have faith, not certainty, but taking those small steps of faith. And you are so good, and it's because of your goodness that we can put our trust in you. It's in your name that we pray, amen.